Ever dreamt of quitting your job, selling your possessions, and traveling the world? We did, and now we're making it a reality and a podcast. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. Welcome to episode 13 of Live Let Rome. We are officially on the road less traveled and have arrived in Albania in the capital city of Tirana. Albania has an interesting history that many people are unfamiliar with. I know Eric and I wasn't familiar with it. And Tirana was a really great introduction to that history and that culture of Albania. Now, Eric and I, when we talked about where we're going and when we shared it with our friends and family, we'd mentioned Albania. And one of the first responses we would get was, why Albania? So, Eric, I'm going to turn it over to explain a little bit why Albania. And not only why Albania, a month in Albania. So yeah. we spent an extended time here, and there's good reason why. First of all, Albania is probably one of the most affordable countries to visit in Europe. It's a great place to live and work. Well, that was a teaser that we talked about in our budget episode that included Albania was the last month of that budget. Absolutely, on our episode nine. And also, I had some friends that I worked with that were from Albania, always spoke super high about their home country, and they always talked about the beaches, which we're going to get to in our next episode, but we're starting our adventures in Tirana. Another important thing is when you're visiting Europe, there's something called a Schengen visa, and Actually, you can only stay 90 days in the Schengen region. Now, Albania is outside of the Schengen region, so it also pauses your 90-day visa in Europe. So it was another reason to go to Albania. Yeah, and that's something with long-term travel, you have to navigate the intricacies of that. And part of it, I think, I can't remember how many countries were in the Schengen, like 12 to 18. Pretty sizable. Most countries in Europe are part of Schengen. Yeah, so most countries are in Europe, you can only stay 90 days in total of all those countries. So to stay for extended times, you have to exit the Schengen area. And Albania was a great opportunity for us to take a pause on that stay and explore a different part of the world. Yeah, and from a travel map perspective, we both have never been there, so it was a great place to just expand and go somewhere completely new. Yeah, we were teasing it. We had visited all the countries pretty much around it. We visited Croatia, Montenegro, Montenegro. Romania, all these little areas that were kind of teasing next to it. And I know we had talked about a couple of times that Albania was next, and we finally got a chance to visit there. And I'm so glad we did. I had a great month in Albania. Yeah, and the other thing to absorb about Albania, that it was the first time that we had a really true culture shift from our usual travels. So typically when you're in the Mediterranean or your Spain, your Italy's, or even your Germany's, you're usually comfortable with some of those cultures and those histories. But Albania was on a totally different scale and that made up a lot of, you know, why we found it so interesting and why we ended up falling in love with it. Absolutely.
right, time to get your mental maps out and it's time for where are we? We mentioned we were in Tirana, Albania. I'm gonna start with Albania first. You're gonna find Italy on a map in your head or on paper or on your phone, wherever that is. Go to the heel and straight across the heel, there is Albania. And at its closest point, it's 45 miles away from Italy. And Tirana is located just west of the center of the country and is about 23 miles away from the Adriatic coast. Tirana has a population of just over a half million, and it's the largest city in Albania, and it's equivalent to the U.S. city of Kansas City, Missouri. Here are some quick facts. Communism existed in Albania from the late 1940s to 1991. It was considered one of the most closed off of the communist bloc countries. The country of Albania was completely isolated from the outside world from the 1970s to 1991 when it regained its freedom. Tirana, the city actually dates back to the 17th century, but it was only made the capital of Albania in 1920. Only 3 million Albanians live within Albania. There are more Albanians living outside of the country than within its borders. Mother Teresa, whose parents were Albanian, is intertwined into the DNA of the city of Tirana through its airports, churches, and city statues. Albania is largely a cash society. Their currency is the lek, and it's a closed currency, meaning that you can only get the lek currency in the country which it's used. You can use credit cards in some of the big shopping malls or established restaurants, like in some of the big cities like Tirana, but largely it's cash only. So where did we stay and for how long? We stayed in the heart of Tirana in the Pizari-Iri, which translates to the new bazaar. This is about a 10-minute walk to Skanderbeg Square, where we set up our home base in Tirana for two weeks. So Christy, what are some of your first impressions of Tirana and Albania in general? Okay, so Tirana and Albania. Tirana definitely had its own little heartbeat city that we've realized was quite different from the rest. And the best way I can explain it was after a couple days and I had looked over to you and I said, it feels like we're in a circus. And I mean this with all the love and heart when I say this. It's just a sense of there's a lot of things going at once. So when I say the circus, you have lights here, you have people calling out to you, you have different activities happening to your left, you had food stalls to your right, you have this gorgeous square, you have people performing. And that's kind of how I explain with Tirana, that it was so many different senses and sensations from sights and sounds that it really stuck with us. Yeah, it was a very youthful city. I mean, there was kids playing everywhere all day and night, literally from 8 a.m. till midnight. There was kids in the park playing soccer. There was people on their bikes just zipping through Skanderberg Square. And it just had an energy around it. And it had a creative spirit, too. So music we got lots of recordings of different music and music styles we'll play throughout this episode and we did have a running joke every time we were turned back to our airbnb residence was how many kids was there in the square so whatever time we came back from midday five seven nine to even eleven o'clock the joke was how many kids were still in the square and we would test it at all times and i we even had to google do albanian kids go to school yeah it, i mean it really <laughs> I can't say this enough. It was not their summer. I know they do go to school, but honestly, they're playing soccer 
all day long and they're not on their phones which is unique they're probably learning great social skills they're playing in we did buy some backpacks but i you know i'm not sure when the schooling happens but it was something that became almost enjoyable for us as we passed the group of children and i will say toronto almost felt like stepping back in a time capsule of maybe what it was like playing in the 1980s it had that feel to it and that type of energy which i really liked So how to get around. Tirana is a very walkable city. Most places within the center can be reached easily by foot. However, Tirana has a great public transportation system, but don't expect to find any information on internet. There are dribs and drabs in information that I had to really hunt for. And in that information, what I read was, there are a lot of great buses, just ask a local, but you couldn't find any schedules or detailed information online. Turns out that's pretty much true. There's one shuttle from the airport. It takes you directly downtown near Skanderberg Square. There are buses everywhere, and most times you just ask a local if this is the correct location, and they'll answer your back. We found most people were very willing to help and knew English, which was our biggest surprise, right, Eric? Yeah, it was pretty simple once we figured it out. Yeah. So have your coinage ready, and you can explore lots of places for a fraction of the cost. Now, there is a main bus terminal that you're going to want to locate. It's about 10 minutes outside a downtown area, and this is where you can connect to other buses across Albania. This is how we were able to travel on our one side trip from Tirana to Duras. In Duras, there's options to connect to the ferry ports, which has ships arriving from Bari, Italy, daily. All right, so now it's time for our standout moments. And holy cow, there's a lot to talk about. Tirana was a very unique place. I'd say our most unique place we visited to date in the last four months. And we've got a lot to cover, and so let's jump in. We're going to kick off with Skanderberg Square. Anytime you're in Tirana, every day, you're going to find yourself walking through Skanderberg Square, as we did. And we came in contact right away with a couple festivals that just were out of the blue. And Christy's going to tell us about some of those. So we were walking at night and we stumbled upon this setup and we we're wondering what's happening. We stayed a little bit longer and it turned out to be this cultural festival. And what was great about this festival, it was celebrating the performance arts of France. It was something that was ongoing for the continuing months, that they would celebrate the cultures of different countries. And with this, there was a classical performance, there were some dances, and even some heavy metal fire dancing show, (laughs) which I was like, holy crap, what are we watching? And it ended with giant fireworks display. And with this, I would say this was in our first few days of there. We were like, okay, there's nothing to be worried about. We're going to find things to do here. And we were really excited that all these different things were happening. Now, the second festival that we stumbled upon was a spring festival. This one got kicked off to a little bit later start doing to that time when we were there was during Ramadan. And Albania is a largely 
Muslim country, although it may not be practicing. That's something we learned a little bit later. And this festival started off a week later. And with this spring festival, it was a lot of local musicians and foods of Albania. And we've got some really great audio. So if you're listening to our episode so far, a lot of this audio is from all the sights and the sounds that happened all around the square. And then also, we took our first free walking tour a couple days in, again, kicked off at Skanderberg Square, where we learned tons about Tirana and Albania in general. This is a two-hour tour, and we highly recommend, whenever you're in a city you don't know, first time there, if there is a walking tour, especially a free one, take advantage of that. Our guide, his name is Erie, grew up in Tirana, and his family grew up in Tirana, and he told not only stories about the buildings in the city, but also personal stories about his own father and grandfather. And we have some clips we'll play in a little bit. He told us about the history, the communist history of Tirana, and actually how recent that history leads up to actually 1991, which was very unique to learn. And he told us just tons of stories around that. Since 1991, we have been trying to build our democracy. Was it hard? It's still hard. Imagine how hard it was for the generation of my parents. My parents are born and raised during the communist times. So the life of my parents changed from this to this from one day to another. Take one minute and imagine two people have no idea about banks, insurance, credit cards, supermarkets. Two people have no idea who Jesus Christ and Muhammad is. And all this information is not coming slowly, but like a bomb. You know, they collect so much information and boom, they throw it at you and you have to accept so many things all at the same time. Well, candidate had no idea about bananas. You know bananas, the fruit? Yeah. Bananas don't grow in Albania. The first bananas start to come in 1991. Everybody's going crazy to buy bananas, really. The most successful song of the 90s is dedicated to a banana in this country. <coughs> when they first offered bananas to my parents, they had never seen one in their whole life. So without speaking to each other, they see each other in the eyes and they both thought the same thing. It was, wait a minute, we might die from bananas. <laughs> so really, they were so scared that they refused to eat them. Now it's their favorite food. And yes, the guy who'd sell them would also give you the instructions. This is how you eat them. You have to open the banana. <laughs> These people have never seen one in their whole life. Oh, my grandfather. My grandfather was unique. 85 years old. So you can imagine the kind of mess happened on his head. So every morning he'd say to my father, man, please go and buy me some bananas. He would go buy the bananas, bring it to him. After seeing them, he'd get angry and say, not these ones, man. I wanted the red bananas. He meant Coca-Cola. <laughs> but for him it was such a mess that chocolate, chewing gum, bananas, Coca-Cola, all this new stuff, they start to come after communism, they all called bananas. So he had one magical word. I want bananas and you have to guess what he's looking for. Or buy everything to make sure that you have everything with you. Now, I give you these basic example stuff just to understand that the same people who have to accept Coca-Cola and bananas, these are the same people who have to accept bank systems, insurance, credit cards, internet, computers, smartphones. So imagine how hard was the impact on that. But in something you can be sure, human nature is built to adapt, to accept, and to move forward. He also talked about the bunkers and the paranoia that was going on in Tirana and Albania through the mid-70s up through the 90s. There's actually over 170,000 bunkers sprinkled across the country. And in Tirana specifically, hundreds of these bunkers. Now, a couple of them, they've turned into art museums or exhibits or cultural exhibits. And we actually visit one of those, which is called Bunk Art 2. There's Bunk Art 1 outside of the city and Bunk Art 2 inside the city. 
And this was an absolute must-see and interesting aspect to get a feel for what it was like to live in Albania in the 70s, 80s, up to the 90s. They had artifacts, videos, detailed accounts of the absolute horrors that these people went through. And it really gave you perspective. Yeah, and this is a very real part of Albania's history, and they really have not shied away from it. So that was something that was interesting to learn. Some other stunning facts that we learned. We did mention that Albania was completely isolated from other communist countries until they opened up in 1990. But this led to a couple unique things. One, they just learned what a banana was in 1990. Let that sink in. They didn't know what a freaking banana was until 1990 or 91. They had no contact to the outside world for several decades. Yeah, so that means that they were providing their own food and their own sustenance, and they really had no outside influences. The funny thing that our guide mentioned to us was they were excited that they just got avocados recently in the past couple of years. And this is why I think Tirana does feel a little bit like a time capsule. It's like a time capsule that was just discovered, and that's why I really enjoyed the experience there. From the culture, the history, and the music, it just, it had that vibe. You're really walking around in the late 1970s or early 80s. And something that I want to be able to note about Tirana is about the Romani people. And this is a very real aspect of visiting this city. In Albania, there's a large population of Romani. It's estimated anywhere between 50,000 to 100,000, and 80% of those are living in extreme poverty. And why I want to mention this about Tirana is that it's extremely prevalent and it's right in your face. They live on the outskirts of the park in Skanderburg Square, and you can be expected to ask for change frequently. A couple things I want to note that this is not intrusive and should not be a deterrent in your state in this area. It's a real aspect of visiting here because some people, we mention some of these things, but we don't really tell them what it's like. And from our experience, we had a couple experience with the Romani. At no point did we feel in danger, threatened, or, you know, prevented from doing anything that we wanted by these folks that are living their just normal lives there. And a great way or how they live or how they make a lot of their money is actually busking with music and following people with their music. And actually, when we first arrived, we ate at a traditional restaurant called the Oda Cafe. Right away, we got approached with the drums and the wooden flute, and I have some recordings of it we'll play in a minute. It's just fascinating, and that's, you know, the music is where I really found some kind of kin connection to the people and to the culture. And it's just great observing how they roam around the city, and you hear this music. Every day, you're going to encounter this music and this drum. It's kind of the heartbeat of Tirana. something that you know you're seeing all over the city you're seeing the music you're seeing these different performance different busking activities i know we 
saw a lot of old men with scales and we were so curious <laughs> that we scoured the internet on is this a guess your weight kind of thing hearkening back to the circus kind of thing like we didn't know what the reason so if anybody knows the actual reason with the whole weight in the scales things in parks and or had any experience let us know send us a shout out on the email or our social medias the other thing I want to be able to mention that we've been referring to them as Romani people. Now, this is the proper terminology. Now, a lot of us who grew up in the early 80s or the English language, we probably have heard the term as gypsy. And it's important to note that that term is considered pejorative and is offensive and we should not be using that term. I want to tell you about a new network of travel podcasts that just launched perfect for summer travel season. It's called Circa, C-E-R-C-A. It kicked off with these incredible guides to places all around the world, London, Barcelona, LA, Iceland, Rome, and more. Inside, there are episodes about food, fashion, culture, history, art, sports, everything you wanna know. Whether you're trying to plan the perfect trip or just wanna learn about someplace new, Circa is written and hosted by locals, people who really know the place. So when in Virginia, Rome tells you that this is the best place to get carbonara, you know that's legit. You can subscribe to Circa Podcast, that's C-E-R-C-A, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now another standout moment that we had was visiting Dashti Mountain. Now, Dashti Mountain is a location that's just outside of the center of the city, easily accessible with the local bus. You just ask the local folks which one is the correct one to Dashti Mountain, and they'll help guide you to the right space. And a couple things that you can combine with the Dashti Mountain, I know we talked about earlier, the Bunk Art exhibit. The Bunk Art 1, which is the larger of the exhibits about the communist history, is located a short walk from this area too as well. But we took the bus and decided we just wanted to do the mountain and we were going to do a cable car up. Eric, talk to them about this cable car ride. Yeah, it was very impressive. It was about a 25-minute ride. It was a very modern system. We bought a combination ticket for the ride up to the top and then the option of putt-putt golf, <laughs> of course. You're at the top. Why not play a round of cheesy 80s or putt Or mini putt golf. golf. You keep saying putt-putt <laughs> golf. It's mini golf. I don't golf. know. Putt-putt mini. Maybe there's a Midwest New York kind of difference there. Maybe. We call it putt-putt golf. It was very funny. And it really was like, again, a time capsule from the 80s. And it was fun. We got up around 25, 30 minutes. We walked around. There was also a ropes course. There was archery you could do. They had like a little playground and a mountainside restaurant, which we eventually ate at later before we headed down. Super impressive ride up, 25 minutes, and you see sheep farmers, goat farmers around. You see bunkers sprinkled throughout the mountain, which was very, very unique aspect and really enjoyed the ride up. You really witness the change of the terrain from the city environment to a more country to you get to this mountaintop environment. And at this top, it's you actually can hear the sound of the bees buzzing. And that's something that I also found very unique in terms of the constant humming. You're like, did you hear them? So honey is a big part of their local kind of exports. And I'm not quite sure if they export outside of there, but it's a, a wonderful treat 
That's something that's a big difference from the States. The fact that you see so many bees and so many varieties, not just a honeybee, but you see giant bumblebees, little tiny ones, and then honeybees. This was a fascinating thing when you talk about getting put back in that time capsule again to remember this is where the bees went. Yeah, and not only the bees, on our free walking tour, we asked our guide Erie, we saw a bunch of local people carrying these stalks of herbs and selling them around Tirana and around the mountain. And we're like, what is this? Is this, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna know what this is. And he says it was a tea, it's called Kaj Mali, a mountain tea that's grown and sold just around Albania, I believe. And you can buy it in the square or at the grocery store. And we got some, and we got some of the local honey and we got addicted to this tea and honey. It was so delicious. And I think it's supposed to be good for you. It was their COVID treatment from what we learned. Yeah, and it was supposed to be good <laughs> for digestion. I would call it a slightly more potent chamomile. Yeah, yeah. We mixed it with green tea a little bit. We tried it on its own, but delicious. And a big part, again, of their culture is the natural products that Albania has. And we indulged in those products. It was great. And don't forget, at the top of this mountain, after we did... This putt-putt golf and some walking around and some other activities we got to eat at a restaurant up there. And we thought, oh, let's just eat here. It may not be that good. It's on the top of the mountain. It's maybe touristy. Turns out it was excellent. It was excellent. We had a delicious, I had a pasta. You had a like a moussaka. It was like an eggplant lasagna with the uh, bechamel. And it was delicious. And the thing about Albania is like, again, this place was very fancy and it was on top of a mountain, beautiful view. You'd think, wow, this is going to be an expensive lunch with drinks and so on and so forth. It was like $4 or $5. Food is about 70% less than the United States and Albania. So don't worry about, eat out. We, I think we ate out every day and, and ate at nice restaurants. And what's weird is the plain restaurants or the fancy restaurants all about the same price. I didn't see much difference. Yeah, when it was surprising in terms of the Albanian dishes, I know we haven't talked much about the food, but in terms of the Albanian dishes that we did experience, it's kind of a mixture of that Mediterranean and that Balkan aspect. And it's almost a little bit of the best of both worlds, where we got stuffed peppers with rice, and then you got a lot of their yogurt base and their grilled meats. That was a lot of what made up the Albanian cuisine. Yeah, and on Dajdi Mountain, highly recommend this restaurant. It's very unique, too. You're eating a really nice meal, and then you look out the window. You have this breathtaking view, and you had paragliders, so they do sell paragliding tickets. We didn't do it, but you see these paragliders in the background, and then they had these weird dive-bombing birds. They're a black-and-white bird doing these tumbles right out of the window. And it was just spectacular. So Dodge the Mountain, two thumbs up. Great experience. Great way to spend the day. Get outside of the urban kind of insanity of Tirana that happens at mm -hmm. times. Get up into the mountain. Just spend the day and relax. Come back down and you'll feel like a new person. All right. Definitely a must-see. Q&A with each other just to learn a little bit more. Eric, what did you like best about our Tirana stay and what did you like the least? What I like best about Tirana is its creativity, its music at every turn, and its spontaneity. You are not bored in Tirana. At every second, at every turn, there's something to do, see, or experience. 
which was really interesting to me. And I've never seen a city quite as energetic, uh, maybe except for New York City. Toronto really had that energy. What did you like the least? I mean, nothing really I liked least about it. I think at time you felt a little bit like an outsider, but I think we shedded that after the first few days. But I think just getting comfortable around the uniqueness of the culture and just trying to fit in so you weren't looking over your shoulder too much. And once you eased down and knew that you were safe and comfortable, which you were because it's a very safe area, but I think just getting kind of over that little bit of uncomfortable hump. I know what we like the least. We didn't like the grocery stores. Oh yeah, the grocery stores and the meat. So we decided not to cook really much in Albania over the last month because the what I did love is the costs of restaurants were super inexpensive. You could eat out for four or five dollars, sit down meal with drinks and very good quality. However, the grocery stores, the meat wasn't of the best quality. So that's just something to keep in mind. It's not the best place, especially if you eat meat. If you're vegetarian, Probably do okay. Yeah, just eat out. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Surprise question. What did you find the most interesting or weird about Tirana? I mean, so many things. The list is probably 30 feet long. But one day we were walking to go eat dinner. We walked over the river that bisects through the city. Look to the right and we see this bus that careened and looked like it jumped the river, but it didn't quite make it. So this bus is lodged right over the river, right in the main downtown area. You look twice and then everyone's taking pictures, but it's like, does this happen every day, every week here? It didn't surprise us because Tirana is such a unique place, but we'll post the pictures. It's really a sight to behold. We did see it on TV, what happened, and we were trying to search the internet on what exactly happened. And when I say it was perfectly placed on this river, it almost looked like a crane brought it down. And then the other funny thing that I did see is when I was on Albanian TikTok, I did see some kids in the bus mimicking the Titanic scene in the bus. (laughs) That cracked me up. So I thought that was hilarious. And just really quick, a shout out to the spontaneity of the city. We actually stumbled every night into some kind of pop-up art thing or music thing. And one night we hit this graffiti pop-up. They were actually had spray paint cans and people were practicing their graffiti art. And they handed you free beer and you're just sipping it and watching the artists and meeting them and talking to them. I know some of them we connected with. So if you're listening, thanks for making our stay even more interesting. We talked to them a little bit about the art that they were promoting. They were dancing to music and it was really a great joyous experience where you got to witness these kids talking passionately about sharing their love for this graffiti art and culture and making it more prevalent in their city. Yeah, and really building an art community. You could tell that that was really a big part of what the future is going to be in Albania. Christy, would you plan to return to Tirana? And if so, how long would you stay and what else would you do? Okay, so yes, I would absolutely return to Tirana because we're thinking we're probably about four months out at this point of recording. And I kind of miss it. Yeah, you know? it was nice. We still think you really don't understand how much you miss it till you're beyond it. And part of what we loved was that the city was so interesting to itself. Once you got adjusted to the heartbeat and the eccentricities of it, you learn to love it. And I want to be able to return there to one, it was super affordable. And two, to visit and explore some of those smaller cities. Now, I know I had talked about wanting to explore the cities along the Macedonian border. We didn't get a chance to explore, but there was a lot of small and a lot of historical sites that we didn't get to visit in our experience, and I would like to do that again. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would echo that staying in maybe a month or two as opposed to two weeks. And there's, again, so much to see. You will not be bored and you'll love your time at Albania in Toronto. Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? History is not the past, but a map of the past, drawn from a particular point of view to be useful to the modern traveler. This is a quote by Henry Glassy, a U.S. historian. Albania has a complicated history which is worth learning about. It's continuing to learn how to best represent itself for future growth. Tirana is a great place for digital nomads to work and thrive. Prices are very affordable, People are very helpful, and it's still undiscovered by the outside world. Take a chance to explore those areas around you, and you'll definitely stumble on some interesting finds. Our next city or country is going to be Saranda and some other coastal cities in Albania. Remember, our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live, Let, Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures, and we may feature you on an upcoming episode. So until next time, get out and roam. <laughs>